Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Gagan Pod. Scores on Sunday, extra podcast. Great to have your company as always. Joining us on the show this week, Michael Bridges. Hello. Good morning. Great to be here. You're very happy for some reason. Yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. I feel like there are some other things we need to talk about first on the show. It's a monumental day in the Premier League. Also joining us, Amy Chapman. Hello, Ames. Morning, lads. Happy to be here. Well, that's good to hear. John Aloisi too. Hello, mate. Yeah, it's always great to be here, especially next to Bridgie. Oh, that's nice. Oh. Nice way to start what you, the pod. What are you after? Oh, no, I'm after um, good conversation this morning. Good man. He's buttering you up because later on in the pod, he's going to disagree with absolutely everything you say. But one thing I think we'll all agree on is that Watford were deserved winners over a Liverpool side that was shooting for 49 games unbeaten. They were five short of Arsenal's record. It came unstuck at, of all places, Vicarage Road. Bridgie, how shocked are you by this result? I am very shocked by the result, considering the position of both teams. But... I haven't seen the way Watford performed at Anfield against Liverpool. They squandered many chances. It's the only team that really have taken them this season where I thought they were the better team and they proved that at Vickers Road. Pearson giving them a massive, massive boost. I think mentally and physically the players went out there prepared for it. They were well up for it. And Lovren on the team sheet of Liverpool. That's got to inspire any team. Well, Joe Gomez was injured. He had a slight knock, apparently. But then again, you would suspect a team that has 44 games unbeaten, John, they have the depth to be able to deal with a Watford team that have been in the bottom three for the majority of the season. Yeah, and Watford hadn't won in five, which was uh, all the more surprising that Liverpool ended up losing and losing easily. And, uh, you know, we talk about Lovren. Lovren was poor. He, he definitely was. He, he wasn't covering Van Dijk in certain situations, especially on the second goal. His positioning wasn't good. He was ball watching. But then they were also they, they were static on the, the first goal, the throw-in. Uh, I just thought that their whole performance was unlike Liverpool this year. They usually play with an intensity. And we spoke about this. Uh, how much are they missing Henderson? Yeah, massively. Massively missing Henderson. A leader in the middle of the park. What I like about Henderson, he, he goes unrecognised. His work rate is tremendous, but he he actually gives players a kick up the backside when they're not performing or when they're not pulling their weight. And he has been a huge, huge miss. And you talk about the performance of Liverpool. That is Klopp's worst first-half performance for stats since he has been in charge of Liverpool. One shot and it wasn't on target. So you could just sense something was happening. Yeah, I think waking up and looking at these scores as well, I think, A, people would have thought, is this a typo or B, is this counter-attacking football and they've just popped a few away? But it wasn't the case at all. Watford were exceptional all over the park and um, it actually could have been four or five. So a very convincing win from them and it was one of those games where Watford had absolutely nothing to lose. So credit to them, they had a good game plan. Yeah, Liverpool were shaky, a few, few different players and personnel out there which really opened up um, you know, passages that haven't been available to other teams and that's what's kept Liverpool so far ahead of the rest of them. 
One of the great little sub-storylines to this one as well, if you cast your mind back to when they met at Anfield and post-game, there was a video that went viral. It was Sadio Mane and Ismail Assar, the two Senegalese players, and Sadio Mane was saying to one of the Watford guys, look after my boy. You know, he's a great guy. He's a really nice guy. Look after him. Young, kind of impressionable player. Ismail Assar pops up today with a double. Great finishes to John. Under pressure for a team in the bottom three when it's so tight against the might of Liverpool, that, that seems like it was a big performance from a young player. Yeah, it was a big performance. I, I liked his second goal especially when he went through one-on-one and the way he was composed and finished it uh, against the best keeper in the Premier League in Allison. I thought that um, his pace is frightening. He, he definitely he's a player that um, you know that he's going to give you um, that, that pace, but he showed it that he had the composure in front of goal today, and that was that was good for Watford. Record signing, 30 million paying some of that dividend back. That, them goals there could be invaluable for that survival race. What do we say about Liverpool, Chappie? I mean, obviously, they're not going to break the 49-game record, but they're a phenomenal team. They'll have a phenomenal season. Even if they lose every game from here on out, you suspect they'll probably still win the league. They'll have plenty more success, this group of players. They won't get that record. There'll be a few others they don't notch as well. But really, I mean, we can afford them a loss, can't we? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are describing this as a blip and an inevitable blip. I think we mentioned we were not expecting it to be Watford to provide that blip. But, you know... It had to come, and the players will—they'll pick them. They'll definitely be disappointed. They, you know, they love breaking records. They love being uh, invincible, uh, and they proved today that they're not. And it was, you know, it was it was coming. So I think it was hurt a little bit, but they don't have to look too far to see positives and to know that they are clearly a, a class above. Will they by not breaking that record, John? I mean, we we thought that if they did break the record, you know, obviously they're amongst one of the best teams we've ever seen in the history of the history of the Premier League. One loss doesn't mean they're not in that conversation, does it? No, it doesn't mean that at all. And they still got a lot to play for. If they end up uh, winning the, the Premier League, which they will, and then they got the Champions League, which they could win it two times in a row. I, I think that Liverpool was this squad and this team will still go down as one of the best in history of the Premier League. And um, maybe Klopp is actually looking at it and going, you know what? If it's gonna, if we're gonna lose a game, this is isn't a bad time to lose it because now they've got Bournemouth coming up before they have Atletico Madrid. So you don't want to be going into Atletico Madrid game um, after a loss. You, you want to get that win. And, and I think that against Bournemouth, they'll get that confidence back up. Do you think Arsenal fans might feel uh, your favourite fans? Obviously, Bridgie is a Spurs supporter. Will they feel a little bit better after a tough couple of days knowing their record will stay intact? Watford's fan base overnight for that period of time when they went 1-0 up, 2-0 up, 3-0 up just escalated because every Arsenal fan in history became a Watford fan because they have the record. They've had a dull season. Let's not kid ourselves. They've had a lot to deal with, so that was monumental. Will Liverpool fans care? No, they won't. They just want the title. It's not about an unbeaten record for them. It's all about the title. Well, strangely enough, Arsenal and Watford's training bases are literally side by side. They are next door neighbours, so no doubt there'll be a bit of a a tip of the cap over the fence from Arsenal maybe this week at training. But down the bottom half of the table, it's so tight, isn't it? And, you know, you look at the three teams that were there before the weekend began. Norwich sort of cast adrift, West Ham and Watford as well. All of a sudden, all three win. Norwich are still there, but West Ham and Watford are out of there, dragging teams down. Who's in the most strife, do you think, Ames? Yeah, oh, it's tricky, and I think a few a few of the guys were mentioning that Brighton, like, are they one of the teams that's going to fall? There's a few, you know, find those bottom three are finding a little bit of form, and can they hang on to that form? Uh, th- that is the question, and you do worry. I think that's sort of that 
bottom five, bottom six, it's it's going to be who can maintain their form and main, and build off those wins. Brighton, Bournemouth. Bournemouth, uh, they, they threw away three points this morning. Okay, they ended up getting one. But that, uh, you know, I when you... I thought you meant Bournemouth were going to go down twice there when you mentioned them. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your third? Uh, no, I don't know yet. I'm oh. just saying that Brighton and Bournemouth are... are, are look, Brighton's a team that have been out of the three for most of the season, but because they've been um, not getting the results of late, they're starting to drop down. And there's always a team, Regine, you know this, throughout history, that the last 10 games will be out of it and you don't think they're involved, and then they just come back into it and they end up going down. Is that you having a go at me with two relegations under my belt? Don't worry, I've been relegated Bridget, as well. you know all about this. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, I do. With someone. Uh, I, I had it with Coventry, but I don't think we were out of that relegation battle for the whole time I was there. But uh, still, it's, it's not nice it's to get It's not relegated. nice. And like you say, you, I really felt for West Ham. And they got a huge... I think if they had lost at Southampton, it could have been curtains for them, giving themselves a lifeline. Um, Bowen getting the goal, showing that a, a player... From the championship, can do it in the Premier League. So just on Villa, yes. Now they've got the the Carabao Cup. Would you rather win the cup and get relegated, or stay up and lose the cup? John, coming to the age of forty-one and having no trophies on my cabinet, I would take <laughs> the cup. If you'd have asked me many years ago, would I want to be in the Premier League or win the League Cup? I'm saying we we'll stay in the Premier League. Yeah. Well, if you ask the board members at Aston Villa, I think you might get Premier a League. very different answer because oh, of the money, the money. they've spent. It, the money. Could, it could cripple the club. Yeah. Win the League Cup, you got a trophy. And or especially going the money they've spent. So let's go through some of the results because we've mentioned a few of them kind of inadvertently in there. I want to know his third team going down. He hasn't said. Norwich. All right, thank you. <laughs> well, that's kind of the easy one. We'll talk about Norwich in a little bit because they had a good win over Leicester on Saturday morning. But let's start with Brighton. We've got the Aussie angle, of course, with the two boys there, Matty Ryan and Aaron Moy. But the crazy thing, as Michael Bridges throws his phone across the room, the crazy thing about Brighton in the top four leagues in England, the four professional leagues, only one club has not won a match in 2020, and that is Brighton. And then to lose against your close rivals, Crystal Palace, a tense close game, Jordan Ayo's uh, goal in the second half, enough to settle it in favour of the visitors, the Eagles. It's tough. And the question, I guess, from a philosophical, philosophical point of view, if I can say the word, John, is at what point does Graham Potter get asked to not play expansive football? I don't think he will get asked that because they knew uh, when they appointed him what type of manager he was. And he can't change that now because he hasn't got the players to play any other way. He, he's brought in the likes of Aaron Moy to play that style of football. Now, he believes that that's the style of football that will win him enough football games to ca actually keep him in the Premier League or else he wouldn't play that way. It's not only because you want to play pretty football that you play it. You play it because you believe that's the way that you can win. But, um, yeah, Brighton have got some uh, run-in with the Wolves and then Arsenal. Uh, is that Leicester and Man United? The only one that they probably can win is Norwich. And uh, But funnier things have happened. Bridgie, stop throwing phones at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bridgie's getting carried away with the stats. And it's, it's about this point you actually start to look at the run-ins. Crystal Palace are, are certainly safe. It's pretty much from Brighton down that are in trouble. Another team that still are in trouble despite a good three points. West Ham, 3-1 winners over Southampton. This is massive. Bridgie mentioned it before, Chappie, as well. Jared Bowen, first start, £20 million signing from Hull. There were questions. Oh, he was a great player in the Championship. Can he do it in the Premier League? See what a goal on Dabu's not bad way to prove people wrong. Yeah, that's exact, exactly right. And you need players to start stepping up at this stage. It's, it's getting super tight towards the end. Um, and this is the kind of uh, part of the season where you need 
play, like teams like Brighton to be causing upsets, teams like Norwich uh, and Watford, for example, causing upsets because that's the only way that you can scramble your way out of there. So, but Brighton for me, they they don't have goals in them, and that that's super concerning. Like how how are you possibly going to match it with or or gain points against the likes of Leicester well, if you don't? Well, have Watford goals? didn't have goals in them before this morning. Their leading goal scorer was Deeney on five. Now he's on six, and uh, and you say, but the, you're right about you have to cause upsets, and and it normally does happen this time of the year. You know they're playing a big team, no one's expecting them to win, and they find a way to win because they're fighting for their lives. No one wants to get relegated. I guess that's a good thing for West Ham is that they do actually have goal scorers certainly on paper. Bowen's now done it. Sebastian Aller scored, although Alex McCarthy in goal for Southampton had a nightmare. But Mikel Antonio as well. On paper, they have a, a good attacking team if they can get it right like they did last night. Yeah, and it's having the confidence, but you've got to get in them positions to score the goals. That's what it, it's. They've had a lack of service. Um, Snodgrass has been doing fantastic from free kicks and set plays for them lately. Um, but I just saw the confidence that went through this team in West Ham. I mean, when after Halla scored, what did we see him do in the half? A Rabona, a Rabona through pass. He wouldn't have done that if he hadn't scored. They would have tripped up on the ball exactly if he he was playing without confidence. He would have got injured. So it's amazing what a bit of confidence does for you. But and I, I look at that game. Hasselhutl after the game, the Southampton manager really belittled his his team and especially his goalkeeper. I've never seen him do that, but he was very disappointed at the lack of opportunities considering. 60-odd percent possession against West Ham. So just shows you, you've got to take your chances, and West Ham did. Yep, and they're now out of the bottom three. I wonder, Ames, what would the emotional roller coaster have been like if you were a Bournemouth player over Saturday? Because they started the day outside the top three. They went behind to Chelsea. They then went ahead with two quick goals. They're flying. They concede late. So they get a point against Chelsea. It's not too bad. But results elsewhere means that they finish the day in the bottom three. What a day. Yeah, and they, they actually played pretty well. Chelsea Chelsea was strong in the first half and probably had the better the better hand there. But, um, you know, they, they scrambled a point out of that game and, and deservingly so. So I think they can take some confidence. But, yeah, it, it, that's, that's how it goes when it's so tight there that, you know, upsets left, right and centre are going to make them – even moved down. And Chelsea not playing a 90-minute performance once again after being thumped by Bayern Munich. Where on earth are they at the moment, John? Well, definitely not consistent. Um, they've only won one game in six Premier League games. Um, where they're at, they haven't really got someone to score enough goals in that front third. Giroud's come back in. He's looked dangerous, of course. He scored uh, against uh, the Tottenham uh, the other week and then um, against Bayern Munich none of them looked good but uh, this morning he was there but he didn't finish off his chances they had Alonso scoring goals Alonso could have grabbed a hat-trick he was on two and then he had a header right at the end when you're asking your left wing back to be the one that's going to pop up and score goals you don't mind it but you also want your attacking players to be on the score sheet not to mention the fact that Alonso, along with several other players for Chelsea, by the way, were made to look pretty ordinary midweek by Bayern Munich. It shows the golfing class, doesn't it? Between, you know, obviously the top two, Liverpool and City, are where they are for a reason. But the rest of the English teams, Chelsea included, they can't get a foothold. Just a lot of teams in transition on and off the park. Um, Tottenham managers changing players you know, unaware of their future. Chelsea being going through it with their transfer ban, putting the faith in youngsters. It was good early on this season. A um, bit of premature ejaculation. So, you know, they've, they've, they've picked well too early here with did Chelsea. United in a bit of transition. Yeah, but you know what? With, let, let's uh, um, 
cut slack a little bit with, uh, and then I think well, I'm trying to move on pretty quickly after <laughs> the word that you just used. But um, with Chelsea, with Frank Lampard, it was a transitional year, and and we knew that, and it was it was going to be they were going to have their ups and downs with the young players with Mason. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. With uh, Tammy Abraham coming in, they, 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 it's hard for them to be consistent at that level. But um, I, I think that they've still had a good season. It will be disappointing for them to drop out of the Champions League placings. But is it really the only team that we've seen be annihilated and dominated by by Munich? No, Hoffenheim this morning. Hoffenheim this morning. Tottenham Hotspur in London. It's just this team, the the way that they have turned around their season under Flick has been unbelievable. And it's not just the eleven players. Their squad now is all performing and, I, and I, I fear for anybody that comes up against them at this moment in time. I guess the point though is the last time that Chelsea and Bayern met in the Champions League it was in a final and that's where Chelsea fans expectations would be considering the size of the club and yeah they've done well to get to the knockout stage through a tough group but they're not going any further and they've got work to do. Now we love to obviously promote what we've got on the Optus Sport app, you know, mini matches, highlights interviews etc. Uh, can you in one sentence Bridgie explain why someone should go on and watch the replay of Newcastle and Burnley? Um, If you have got nothing better to do in your life and you've got so much spare time, go and watch it. If not, don't bother. My mates were walking out, they threw their season tickets, they booed Newcastle off the park and booed Burnley off the park. It was a disgrace. I actually might watch it. Because I want to fall asleep on the aeroplane going back up to <laughs> Brisbane, so I might start watching the mini match. We, and no, it will no, put no. Me to sleep. John, the mini match doesn't do it justice. The actual highlights of the game <laughs> we normally do a three and a half minute highlight package. This is one minute. It's disgusting. In the yeah. middle of in the middle of summer, Bridgie's stories we could catch a bit. I think. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. When <laughs> we'll actually need to fill the space when we go and cut out all the offensive things he's saying in this <laughs> podcast. So we might slot a bit of that game in. The only other game this weekend so far in the Premier League we've seen uh, Norwich with a good one nil win over Leicester. Uh, Robbie Savage had a bit of a go about Norwich celebrating this at full time. They haven't had much to celebrate all season long, Ames, because they've been on the bottom more often than not. Not too many victories. Surely it's okay to celebrate a win that might actually propel them to something good over the run-in. Yeah, that one threw me. Um, you know, it's always going to be a tough road playing playing against the likes of Leicester and uh, like these top-level teams. So I think you've got to take your wins when you get them and celebrate them and allow these boys who, who've stepped up and played well um, to celebrate those moments because it does build confidence. Well, on that, I, w- I was listening to a Sydney FC player um, and, and because it became so easy to win, as they were winning so often this season, that they stopped celebrating a little bit their, their games, their victories. And, and you know what? Then you don't really enjoy the moment. So I, I, Norwich can celebrate. First win in 14 games. I think that they've got every right to celebrate. And as a manager, he'll be looking at... Boys, this is what it feels like to win. 
Let's go out there and do it again next week. And if you if we can beat Leicester, we can go and beat anyone in this comp. Robbie Savage was only bitter and twisted coming out with a comment like that. Wagner is worshipped by them fans. He went and he did his thing. I think they will keep him regardless of where they are next season. Robbie's next Leicester City captain. He was gutted. So you had to say something negative towards them. You wonder, though, on that point, Liverpool now have tasted defeat. We know how scary they are on paper and what they can do. It might even re-motivate them to go and find that winning performance and feeling again. So, Yeah, I think so. I, I think, you know, when you are winning a lot of games and, uh, you know, it, it, it does become a habit, which is good, but also sometimes you, you're probably not as excited when you win. You always should be excited when you win. You should always celebrate your victories and, uh, you know, not going overboard and, 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 and doing it in a, a disrespectful way, but in a way that you're, you're winning. You look at Simeone, the way he celebrated after the Liverpool game. But th- they're all celebrating for different reasons. You know, Norwich are not celebrating because they're like, geez, we're, we're good and it's feeding their egos. They're just getting a bit of breathing space. It like, takes the pressure off them for even a week, even a day, just to go, hey, we can play, work with us. I celebrate a win at Monopoly in the kitchen when I beat my <laughs> kids. I do a lap of honour around the kitchen bench. I, I hate losing and, I, you know, you've got to embrace it. You shouldn't beat your kids. I'll be calling the police next time I hear about that. <laughs> Speaking, uh, well, that's a funny thing, isn't it? Norwich have lost so many games this season. They won so many for the supporters at least. Just give them that moment where they can actually enjoy it. But anyway, that's fine. We all disagree with Robbie. I don't agree with Robbie Savage anyway. (laughs) I don't agree with his hairstyle either. Polarising (laughs) character. (laughs) So let's rip around some of the other results we've seen in Europe. Jaden Sancho scored yet again. This teenager, he is the hot property right across the football world. But Bayern Munich, their 6-0 win over Hoffenheim. Once again, proving their quality without Robert Lewandowski as well. They've got young Joshua Xerxy coming in, a teenager. They're ahead in the Bundesliga. They're not going to be caught, John. I know it's tight, but no one's going to stop them. The question is, are they amongst the very top tier now looking at the final 16 of the Champions League? Yes, I think so. Because they've got that experience also in Champions League. And look, we won't write off uh, RB Leipzig just yet or Borussia Dortmund just yet. I think that they could actually still challenge Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich have got the best squad available. They uh, they play an unbelievable uh, style of football in terms of the way they can open up teams. And they've got good young players coming through. And uh, we all saw Alfonso Davies uh, the other night, the, how he ripped uh, Chelsea apart just with his pace. And uh, they're exciting to watch. But Dortmund... You know, they've been doing well. Sancho scoring goals, setting up goals. Clean sheet. Clean sheet. And that was the thing that, that was our discussion that we had a couple of weeks ago. We can only see them going through in the Champions League if their defence is a bit more solid. We know what they can do attacking wise, but they need to get their defence right and they'll be pleased with that clean sheet. I reckon they'll also notice that Angel Di Maria limped off with a hamstring issue for PSG and another big win for them overnight going into that second leg. Just to have a look out as well, there were some images that came through from the Hoffenheim and Bayern game where players for the last 15 minutes basically playing keepy-uppies because the fans had complained about the Hoffenheim ownership. The game was finished. Anyway, go and check it out. It's on scores on Sunday. Talk about keepy-uppy. Did anyone see Braithwaite, the keepy-uppy with uh, Barcelona? I think I showed you that. Yeah. <laughs> he couldn't actually keep the ball up. His technique was terrible. But the Bayern Munich players or the Hoffenheim players were actually quite good. <laughs> yeah, they weren't too bad. And after that's a masterclass if you've seen it. That's 6-0 in 77 minutes. They just said that, that'll do for today. That's job done. And uh, let's just keep the ball up. It's perfect. You know who else is perfect at the moment is Lazio. This interesting situation in Italy, Chappie, because... Lazio are now top for the first time in a long time. They're the only team out of the three fighting for it that have only got one competition. 
Juve and Inter Milan are each in three. So there's this three-way title fight. Lazio are the outsiders, but surely only playing in one competition, they'd have to be feeling pretty good about their chances. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's, it's obviously um, streamlining their focus and able to you know put all their resources towards that, and they're not getting dragged or distracted away from that. So, yeah, I think that puts them in a prime position. I was going to say, I looked at the Watford-Liverpool. You said we all had to you know, say, is that a typo? Because it should have been the other way around. I looked at the, the Lazio and just couldn't get over that the, the main man wasn't on the score sheet. Immobile. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. It's but they, look, they just haven't got Immobile in that side. You know, Simone Inzaghi's done a great job there. It, what a story it would be because we all know that Juventus have got the money. To, to go and challenge and, and win titles like they have, I think, nine in a row now. Whereas um, Inter Milan this year, the, the talk about them with Antonio Conte and the money they've spent with the players they brought in, no one ever thought that Lazio could be challenging. So we're looking at like a Leicester City in the Premier it, League. It is a little bit similar to a Leicester City. I think so. With the money they've got, they're a big club and we all remember them from Gascoigne days and we remember when they had all those players like Mihalovic. Who and was the centre-forward? The armband took the one-step penalty. Pepe that was Signori. Signor, yeah. yeah, Pepe Signori. Left footer. So 2-0 win over Bologna overnight. It was Luis Alberto and Joaquin Carrera on the score sheet. I mean, apart from Blinkovic, Savic and Immobile, they don't really have any big stars. So you're right, John. It would be a huge shock into Milan and Juve also because of coronavirus has been postponed. So that could have a, a real play on the run-in as well. Also, overnight, we saw some action in the championship. It was good to have Simon Cox on scores on Sunday today talking about all the clubs he played for. Did he play for as many clubs as you did, Bridgie? I, I'm not sure. I think I might have him by one. But when we were doing the championship, I think we literally covered every team in the championship that me and him had played for. <laughs> well, he's played for four teams that are involved in the promotion fight. West Brom, who are only one point ahead now because they lost at home to Wigan somehow. He also played for Forest, Brentford and Bristol. And that's getting pretty tight as well because both Leeds and Fulham won overnight. John, who's your money on to go up? Leeds. We all want to see Leeds go up. I know that you support Leeds and Bridgie played for Leeds, but um, as a neutral, I want to see Leeds up there. The, the history of that club, the, the support they have. I want to see Bielsa in the Premier League. Um, and, you know, I think West Brom will go up. I, I know that uh, Fulham are challenging them and they're pushing them, but I still believe that uh, it'll be Leeds and West Brom. A little bit closer to home, we saw a couple of cracking strikes in the A-League. Nikolai Topol Stanley smashed it with his left foot in a 2-1 win for Newcastle over Perth. Andrew Naboo's winner for Melbourne Victory over Adelaide was great. And also Darian Jenkins for Melbourne Victory in the W League as well, securing their place uh, in the finals too. Chappie, which one would you have most liked to have hit in your career? Oh, they're, they're, all, they're all pretty classy for different reasons. I think, um, yeah, Topper Stanley's one. He's not often on the score sheet, but when he is, that, that, that's an absolute weldy. Uh, he's... Someone said it was 126 kilometres per, per hour, but yeah. I don't know where they're pulling those stats from, but it was definitely hit well. Um, Naboo, very classy little touch inside, you know, skinned his defender and a great finish. And and, and Darian Jenkins, she made something out of nothing there. So I know you're was asking like me to messy. pick, but... It was messy-esque. Absolutely. Tap one side, run the other. Very, very cheeky and a very classic It was finish. the importance of all the goals as well. You know, top of Stanley for Newcastle to win and they're going on a good run now and they still believe that they've got an opportunity of maybe pushing for finals. 
beating Perth, which Perth very rarely will lose, well, especially under Popper. Well, Popper's never lost at the McDonald Jones Stadium. So that what was, was that? What stadium? The McDonald's Jones <laughs> Stadium. I think I've got my bacon and egg sandwich in my mouth. <laughs> you got the big uh, Mac still I in your mouth. I'm just enjoying the celebration because when Nikolai actually went to strike that ball and he, he cocked his leg back from that kind of distance, haven't played alongside him for several years. I'm, I shout at the television. Don't shoot. Don't <laughs> shoot. And he goes and does that. And it, the actual leap over the Hordens was incredible. It was like Michael Jordan. He was just overjoyed. But I've got to give credit to Carl Robinson at the Jets. Um, they've gone five unbeaten, not just under him, but I just love the way he's given him a bit of structure. He's very hands-on. And you could just see with Roy O'Donovan coming back as well, Bernie Abini, Petrotas, they look dangerous in the front third once again. And it was a, it was a huge result for them, giving themselves a bit of a lifeline. Between yelling at the TV and beating your kids, you're really painting a picture of your home life that I don't think our listeners really wanted to hear. But that's okay. Let's move on quickly, Chappie. Aussies abroad doing really well at the moment. First of all, James Holland's last getting through to the final 16 in the Europa League is fantastic. He grew up as a Manchester United supporter. So when they drew Manchester United, that would have been quite a moment. Keep an eye out for that over the next few weeks. Also overnight, Oli Bazanic, former Socceroos midfielder, scored the winner for Hearts against Rangers in the Scottish League Cup quarterfinal. Rangers are slipping a little bit. And also, silverware for Sam Kerr at Chelsea against Caitlin Ford in the League Cup final. It was uh, the blue side of London, if you like, that got up. But Caitlin Ford apparently too impressed. Yeah, that's right. It's it's a good notch on the belt for Sammy Kerr. She's not been there long and she's got some silverware unlike Bridgie. So uh, that's a... That's a <laughs> That's, that's a good start Let's for pick her. Pick on over Bridgie there. today. Oh, 1-0, bring it on. <laughs> um, no, that's a really good start for, for Sam. But I think the standout in terms of Aussies was, was Caitlin Ford. Everybody's talking about how creative she is, how dangerous she is, and that she brings this, this level of flair and something. Do you something think she different. needed that move? Because she was she becoming a little bit stale uh, here with Sydney FC? Because I, I love her as a player. I think that she's brilliant. But, um, uh, you know, maybe she needed something different and, uh, and to go there and show what she can do at the top level. Yeah, you need to. Give, you need to give Caitlin some freedom to play however she wants. You know, if you give her too much structure, you're limiting her ability to, to change the game. So, and, and, you know, there would be question marks. Can she take that over to, a you know, a, a very respected club like Arsenal? But uh, Joe Montemuro knows knows what Caitlin's capable of and you give her the space and she is literally a game changer. So between the two of them, I hope they're going to make some waves. You feel like there's probably more silverware coming for both of them, considering they're both in the title fight as well over there in the WSL. Keep an eye out for that on Optus Sport. One word answers, uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we let you go. A couple of matches still remain in the Premier League this weekend, starting with Everton at home to Manchester United. The one word is the result, please, Michael. Everton. John. Draw. United. Okay, a bit of everything in that one. Uh, well, this is the deciding vote, isn't it? Uh, Being a Leeds fan? Oh, Everton, 100%. <laughs> Everton will win that one, probably 8-0. Uh, in the other match, Tottenham and Wolves, they meet in a, a battle for two sides that are fighting for not only European football generally, but also Champions League. Fourth or fifth place will get them there this season. Spurs or Wolves, Chappie? Heart says Spurs, head says Wolves. Okay. And what do you normally <laughs> go with, heart or head? <laughs> you, you grub. That's also you're one, absolute, one you're be, Go on, uh, come you're, on. You're a Spurs fan. Spurs. You're going against Spurs. Spurs. You sound like Mourinho. Spurs. Thank you. See? I cut out Spurs. I feel like Henderson there leading the armband. Say I'm what you feel. I'm kind of with you there, though. I, I, have a, I quite like tipping against my team because 
Then you're not too upset if they Well, lose. you are, but it kind of gives you something. Well, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. Anyway, John, yeah, what do you think? Wolves. Spurs, but I think Wolves. <laughs> what a hypocrite that is. Makes absolutely no sense. But that's okay. Very few of the last uh, 30 or minutes or so did make any sense. Bridgie, Johnny and Chappie, thanks very much for your company. And if you want to go out there and see the full scores on Sunday, live a little bit earlier today with Simon Cox and also East Ferguson, all the results from overnight around the world, that's on the Optusport app live and on demand every Sunday. We'll catch you next time on The Gagging Pot. 